0: Hey, friend. Welcome to Houston Made, a show where I, Rusty Gates, get to talk with local Houston-based entrepreneurs and business owners about what it's like to be in the middle of that journey and to gain insights as I build my own business. In this episode, I got to sit down with my new friend, Laura Perez. She's the owner and operator of Balloon Lux Events right here in Houston. It's a company that provides luxury balloon pieces like garlands and beautiful arrangements for all of the various celebrations of life. I'm sure like many people, the first image that comes to mind when I hear balloon artist is a kid's birthday party with balloon dogs and hats. But what Laura creates couldn't be further from that. She produces these truly epic works that span from floor to ceiling in some cases and have been used in some of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen. We connected via Instagram where Laura became a huge supporter of the show and I knew I just had to have her on as a guest. I love all the conversations I get to have through this show, but I particularly enjoyed this one. So listen in as Laura and I discuss the various businesses she started before this one, common misconceptions around being a balloon artist, and the legacy she is working to leave for her young daughter as a mother and an entrepreneur. Laura Perez. With Balloon Luxe Events. Thank you so much for having me here in your home.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you coming.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So you own and operate Balloon Luxe Events. You are a self taught balloon stylist. That's right. Can you tell our (laughs) listeners what it is to be a balloon stylist?
1: So, balloon stylist, balloon artist, both names. Um, A balloon stylist, so balloons, I think, have been around forever, right? So, um, and they've been used in a decorative manner for a long time. But here in the last few years, I would say they've just been innovative in a much more luxury way. Still very artsy, but just much more stylish for our more modern clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I consider balloon styling. Yeah. Um, and it's art. So the beauty behind it is that there is no like perfect way or like wrong way. So I love that about it because mm-hmm. it is very artsy still
0: yeah so you're crafting these i mean really large kind of pieces um garland and all kinds of different shapes made of balloons of all kinds of sizes right i mean some of them are massive you you, (laughs) yeah yeah how do you describe i mean obviously it's a very visual thing and so yeah so they range um
1: they range from 36 inches down to five inches the way that we like to make our balloons look the most attractive and dimensional is by adding all the sizes into our garlands and so we're really lucky to have um, two really big stores here in houston um, that source out those balloons um, all the different brands that we like to use city balloons being one of them and balloon posh and
0: you're creating these massive uh, massive pieces garlands all of that for events and for locations for photography shoots for all that i mean what are kind of the classes of uh, clients that you're getting? Why are people hiring you to make these beautiful works of balloon art?
1: Well, I think the easy answer to that would be, you know, their there's celebration, whether it's a birthday, a um, a bridal shower, baby shower, you know, you name it. But in reality, I like to think of it as a memory. Mm. The one reason why you celebrate anything is because it's going to be a memory that you keep forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really the beauty behind it. You know, especially now that I've been in business for a little bit longer, now I have repeat clients. So I've had clients where I do their baby shower and now I'm doing the first birthday. And so it's just, yeah, it's so sweet, um, to see that, you know? Um, so I'd have to say more than just what it is, you know, the birthday or whatnot, it's, the memory behind it yeah
0: well they're absolutely stunning Thank what, you. <laughs> what you make really there to call it art is is not overselling it by any means and um for you listeners if you don't have an idea of what we're talking about yet like keep the podcast going but open instagram and go oh, go find <laughs> uh the account it's uh balloon Lux events, luxe events L U X E. Events, yes, right on mm-hmm. Instagram, and go go look at them while we're talking because they're gorgeous. So thank you. You've been doing this for not that long.
1: Not that long. Um, I started officially posted my first February 1st, 2020. So like literally like a month right before COVID and no pun intended. I feel like it just kind of like blew up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You have a lot of blown Uh, puns. You say it's not intended. There's gotta be a lot of (laughs) blown puns.
1: (laughs) We have a lot, especially here at home. But yeah, it just kind of happened overnight and it was, I want to say unexpected, even though when I started, I knew I was going to give it 110% Mm -hmm. and I'm very competitive. So I did, I knew I did not want to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I didn't imagine how amazing it would be a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been so good. Yeah. It's, I'm so grateful for the people that I've met. um, You know, the connections that I've made all of that. It's, it's been unreal.
0: It, it, it is crazy to see the success that you found and the following that you've gained. Obviously, because it is so beautiful, I, I think that it does play well on social media because yeah. your, everything that you do is it's like, pretty to
1: look at It's pretty yeah. to look at.
0: I, um, I always struggle with that you know with my media company. That's easy. I'm making mm-hmm. content and I put it mm-hmm. on the internet. People see it. I always struggled to make content as a realtor because I felt like whenever I was showing houses. I wanted to be present with my clients, so right, it was yeah. one thing to be like, I don't, I didn't want to be walking around with a phone or my camera shooting video while they're looking at the house because, yeah,
1: I, can I see need that. to give
0: them attention. And most people don't, while they're in that kind of situation, don't want a camera pointed at them. Yeah. So I struggled with it, but obviously, what you're doing. Really does play well because it's yeah, it's and- perfect.
1: Everybody's taking pictures when mm-hmm. we're done. Um, you know, clients come out and take a look at it, and they're so excited. And the first thing they do is pull out their phone. Mm-hmm. So it just, like you said, it plays very well.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting to know, like your timeline of you know a year and a half you've mm-hmm. been at this. The episode before this one, he started his business February of 2020. Oh, Happy nice. Earth Compost and um, similar, like bright timing. Got into it. Pandemic, I wouldn't necessarily say helped, but it definitely gave the space for him to be able mm-hmm. to do it. And um, it's cool to have both of you back to back of hearing how quickly this took off. But I know that like hard work, work ethic is not new to you. Oh, you didn't sure. just like, oh, let's <laughs> accidentally get into this. As you said, you're competitive. Um, you shared a little bit of your story in some of the previous interviews of, you know, leaving your home at after 18, getting into the workforce. Getting a yes. job at a, a car dealership, <laughs> right? Getting in finance, and then just crushing it there for fifteen years, yeah. like grinding it out. <laughs> and you did well for yourself, right? Like
1: I, I did. It was really good to me for a very long time. Um, I never actually pictured myself doing anything else mm. until motherhood hit, and then it was like totally different yeah. ball game. You know, everything mm. just changes. You know, it, it's just been wild. I mean, I, I again, I never saw myself outside of that world outside of the um financing and of the car business, um, definitely never thought that I would be doing this. It's not like I grew up saying, <laughs> Oh, I, I want to be a balloon artist. Um, that wasn't the case. And actually, um so what some people don't know is that I throughout those fifteen years of being in the car business, I also took um classes for massage therapy. So I was a massage therapist, I've been a fitness trainer, I did um custom cakes and I've done uh, like catering. So it's not like exactly my very first shot. I know I've worn a lot of hats, but I think the difference this time around for sure is that the reason why those didn't work out is because I was chasing the money versus Mm. doing something that you're really passionate about Mm -hmm. and just enjoying it. Um, when I started balloon Lux, um, even though, I wanted it to be successful. I wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it as a creative outlet, and I was just enjoying it. I was getting to know social media, um, which has been the hardest part for me, actually. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I feel that it's been so much more successful. My connections have been genuine um, versus where in the past I was more so just looking for a paycheck.
0: Yeah. Do you think that you could have uh, acknowledged that at the time when you were doing your cakes? Did you? Oh,
1: absolutely not. No, I was just, I wanted to do something, um, for myself. I wanted that lifestyle mm-hmm. of, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, going to work whenever I wanted to, whenever I was in finance, um, it, even though it was not a, um, clocking in job. I still had to be there to, and just, just like how it is now, but it was just more restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, the responsibility is so much higher. I mean, you're talking about thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. So I, I had to be present for the company. And I, and then when I became a, a mom, I just couldn't see myself dedicating yeah. that sort of time to that, um, where I wanted to dedicate my time to my daughter.
0: Yeah. Your values shifted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I mean again you and I talked a little bit before we started all this of some of the other things that I <laughs> I've done and I've gotten and I've tried other podcasts and I have tried you know I was going to do woodworking and I was going to sell those and I was going to Oh really? That's- I've done a handful of different things to Varying levels of success. I mean, I wouldn't have called many of those businesses, but I would—I'd mm-hmm. try a hobby with the thought of maybe. I yeah, could,
1: exactly. Maybe
0: I can make this profitable. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was living in Colorado, living with two of my really good friends, and uh, I just decided I was like, I'm going to make coasters. and I'm going to do wood burning. So I went <laughs> to Hobby Lobby and got this crappy, like, twenty dollar little wood burner, and then I was going to wood burn designs into coasters. Like, in my basement room of our <laughs> apartment. And so I was just burning wood inside this enclosed space and made maybe oh, 12 coasters that took forever. And I was like, I don't want to do this. But then I had 12 coasters and, like, put them yeah. on Etsy and tried to sell them. And um, similarly, I think I was always driven by, yeah, I want to do something. Yeah. I didn't know what, though. And right. I I wonder how much of that you just had to do. Like that was like a necessary part of your journey.
1: I think so because it it just teaches you of what's going to work, what's not going to work. In fact, with this time around with um, Balloon Lux, I created business cards in like October, November. I didn't even have a business and I had business cards. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I knew I was going to do something like you said, I actually, I created business cards for ballooning and I also created, um, business cards for custom cakes. Yeah. Cause I thought maybe I'll give that a shot because I really enjoy being. Yeah. Um, so I thought one of these two is going to be a hit. Mm. And then it just so happened that, um, that I really enjoy decorating, de- decorative parties and stuff like that. So ballooning was just natural.
0: Ballooning, I, I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, I don't
1: know if that's an official word. I think, I think yeah,
0: totally, saying. it's a word now. It's what yeah. you're doing, <laughs> and you know what you're doing is so luxury. When you say ballooning, balloon artist, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there is a certain level of people that uh, are thinking of balloon. Oh animals. yeah, 100.
1: percent Yeah, I you get, get that those requests. A lot. I get, I don't get much of that yeah. request because I think people can see through my profile mm. that that's not something that I do. But, but I have received them, and I just kind of, you know. Um, Guide them to, towards somebody else because it's just not, not what,
0: what you I do. do at all. Couldn't be um, further.
1: But I, I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes in the beginning, when I would introduce myself and I'd hand my card to somebody who didn't know anything about garlands or luxury balloon styling, um, that was the first thing they thought about. Like you know, creating a dog or a hat <laughs> or something. And it just total opposite.
0: They didn't get it. Yeah. no. What does your business look like now? I mean, you're a year and a half in. It seems like you've got some success, and some of that's just based on your Instagram. And I say that not just because you have a good number of followers there, but simply by the number of pieces that you yeah. have showcased, which means you've had to make a lot of oh, these. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um So we are, we're booked a couple of months ahead of time. Wow. Yes, luckily and, and blessed to, to be so. And it wasn't always the case, but I think I would have to say that that started... Before the, the amount of followers, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think that just because you have followers that now you're so successful and mm-hmm. that's actually not necessarily the case. Yeah. I feel like there's a difference between your audience and your clients. A lot of my clients don't even follow me, honestly, and yeah. they repeat clients. But yeah, I, I think it just started the more you, you start to post and then the more people seek you out and more people are seeing you. But, um, word of mouth is definitely still, I would say number one.
0: So you're booked a couple months out. Mm-hmm. How many how many pieces are you creating a week?
1: Um, so I'll do like one or two during the week and mm-hmm. then on the weekend about four. My goodness. Um, now I'm able to take a little bit of more time off. Mm-hmm. And then also in the beginning, it was really just me by myself, which made it really difficult. Um, and then my husband kind of jumped on board once he kind of saw that things were going a little bit better. I think he was a little skeptical at yeah. first which I don't blame him, but, um, so now with his help, we're able to take on more. I also find that quality over quantity. If I can focus on two, for example, let's say I have two really big jobs for the weekend versus taking on four or five, um, smaller ones. I kind of enjoy that better too, you know, because you can focus, um, all your time on, on one big event. Um, and it's just
0: gorgeous. Yeah. With that, you, you mentioned the ice sculpture interview uh, with Josh Graber, ice designs. You know, sometimes they'll have 12, 11 or 12 pieces mm-hmm. that they're delivering around the city. Mm-hmm. When you talk about focusing, I just can't mm-hmm. imagine driving around Houston to these different venues and you're like, okay, now when I get there, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to be yeah. 20, 30 minutes in traffic and rush oh, to yeah, get there and get it all sure. set up. and people are demanding and expect mm-hmm. it's like it needs to be done right now. And all Yeah, that. So
1: I try to um, start on it a couple of days early and then I just wrap my brain around each event. Mm-hmm. Um, because if not, like you said, I mean, you're just kind of scattered like, okay, what am I going to do here? Um, and sometimes as an artist, revision may not always come until you're there and that can become stressful too. So I did find that kind of pumping my brakes a little bit and not mm-hmm. taking on so much, um, gives me more quality quality work versus um, just trying to again chase a dollar. For example.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then long term for your brand that ends up working yeah, better. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. The bigger pieces are going to be more impressive anyway, and so yeah, if you can, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. So you said your husband's helping you. Yes do you have any other help? Like, um, I did
1: hire an assistant for a short period of time only because, um, she ended up going back to school. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was probably the best thing I could have done because I was losing my hair over all of it. So in the summertime. And so now I don't know if she's going to come back or I may end up having to find someone else, but, um, she was showing up almost every day here. And it was a lot of help because, you know, aside from that, I'm doing a lot of my work here. And aside from that, I still have my daughter here. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go to school. So mm-hmm. I'm doing that full time. Aside from, you know, my husband goes to work to say that I was losing my marbles. I mean, I, I really was. And so I That's had help. And, th- and that was really great. Um, And I struggled with that because, you know, balloon Lux is my baby and I wanted to have people who felt the same way. So nobody knows me better than my husband and we actually work really well together. He's Mm -hmm. my best friend and he's the only one who can like put up with my OCD attitude, you know? Sure. Um, And then my assistant was my best friend's daughter. So it just was people who care about me and Mm -hmm. um, people that I can trust.
0: Yeah and then the work that you have to do you mentioned working doing some of the work here yeah i know you're doing some of it on site yeah what what's the breakdown of what you can do here and versus what you can do there on location
1: yeah so we prep you know Sometimes weeks in advance because there's, um, a worldwide balloon shortage one. So we have to start searching for, yeah, so we have to start searching for your specific color weeks in advance at time, making sure that we have all the sizes. Sometimes we have to order, um, from out of state just to get one size and then from another place to get a different size in the same color. So that starts early on. Also, um, you know, we try to mock up a design for our clients and then we start the, um, blowing up and then... And we put a what I call a skeleton piece together I am a creative person but I like to put all that together once I'm there mm-hmm. so I do the the minimum needed um, and then once I'm at the location I'll, I'll, I'll I will already have an idea um, but once I'm there then it all just comes together oh,
0: you yeah, you've talked about this in other interviews but you you had your daughter and mm-hmm. you're now looking at a couple things you're thinking it's either gonna be cakes or balloons. Yeah. At that point, what made you think it was going to be maybe balloons? Like, how did you... So the genesis baking
1: is a passion, but yep. I realized that um, it's something that I just enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I... When I was trying to make money off of it, I, I no longer enjoyed it as mm. much. Um, and then with ballooning, it was never necessarily a passion. I just... Ha- it's hard to explain because... I said this in my class. I feel like I'm more so a hustler. It just happens to be that I'm also good at ballooning. Yeah. So it just kind of went hand in hand. And so it's so much less stressful. If you pop a balloon, you can easily replace it. If you burn a cake, you have to start. All yeah. over. I mean, it's just totally different. So it was just less stressful. And so, like I mentioned, it was something that I wanted as a creative outlet, not necessarily something that I wanted to put so much stress on mm-hmm. myself. Um, it just happened that I was really good at it. Yeah. You know, so. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. And I, I think there have been little hustles and things that I was trying to do. And then you get into it and you start to realize like what it requires and the unique type of stress that comes with whatever that project is. And you go, Oh, I don't like that kind of stress. Yeah. That's not built for how I am. You know, you asked about this show and yeah, this is 10, 15 hours a week doing this and working on everything that goes into it. But I, the stress and the work that this is of staying up till 1am to create Uh social media graphics I love it.
1: Yeah. It's a fun stress. I mean, it's nonetheless, but it's a good stress. I feel. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always have been saying, at least for the last year and a half, this is a good stress because it is my baby and it is something that I want, um, to be successful and I want it to grow. Um, but it's also so fun, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing was, you know, with cooking and baking, I had to not only was I going to be doing that as a business, I still had to do it here at home. So if I was doing oh, it here at home, point. it was no longer fun. yeah, and so um I still needed it to be fun. There's no recreational <laughs> ballooning happening <laughs> exactly, exactly you're
0: yeah. not just hanging out. Like, you know what? I just think we yeah, go play with some balloons no, right now no.
1: I actually, you know, people ask me all the time, do you have huge parties? And I really don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People think that because of what I do and Mm -hmm. because I'm in in the event industry um, that I'm just going to have these elaborate parties and I really
0: don't. Yeah.
1: No. We're actually really chill around here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's tempting. The big thing I've been thinking about, and now you're already a few months out, so I'm I'm already at a loss. But I think about... My birthday is coming up, and I usually have done really small things and just tried to ignore mm-hmm. it, honestly. Like, we're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. People can give me presents, but I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And uh, now with all of these friends that I've met through like this show, mm-hmm. I was like, I could have an ice sculpture. I could yeah. have a uh, balloon garland. That's I could have... <laughs> I could have-
1: some t-shirts. I could have t-shirts. Um, yeah. yeah. I could
0: do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, that costs a lot of money. So Yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, that's a good transition. Uh, I know that it's going to be a case-by-case basis on what... The they need and the turnaround and the balloons and the style, but w- what's the entry point for one of your more approachable pieces and yeah. what's like the high end?
1: So, um, the good thing is that we actually offer, um, something that I feel is, um, budget friendly for everybody because, a balloon installation starts at 12 feet which is twenty dollars a foot which is pretty average um, for all the other stylists you know in the market mm-hmm. um, so it's twenty dollars a foot two hundred and forty dollars plus whatever you're Delivery fee is depending on, you know, Mm -hmm. what area of town you are, but we also offer smaller garlands for pickup. So if you want to come by and pick it up, um, we show you how to install it. We give you a little kit so that you can install it yourself. Um, if you only need a six foot garland, you know, because sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy enough to just come by here and and pick it up and, and we show you exactly how to, how to put it up.
0: Yeah. But for those, like, it, so it really is that simple. It's yeah, by, it's the, so foot. Simple. by the foot. By the foot. like, the one that you posted today was the one that had the black and uh-huh. the, like, same thing. It's,
1: yeah. It's the so like, same thing. Pretty approachable. I think that was a, I want to say it was a 14 foot. I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe it was a 12 foot. But yeah. it starts at 12 feet. So an installation that I have to drive to, to install starts at 12 feet. Um, so $240 is your starting. And then
0: installation. There's some other facts. That's surprisingly approachable.
1: Yeah, I think so. And we offer a payment plan. So it's 50% upfront. And then as long as it's completely paid, you know, a couple of days before your installation date, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. What, okay. So you get into this, you say, I'm going to do ballooning. Mm Mm-hmm. And you make your first post. I mean, how different was it in February to a year now? so
1: different. So much has happened. I've learned so much. Um, I've learned my style. Um, I've learned not to compare myself. Um, I've taken classes. uh, Just different things that I've learned along the way. Um, And aside from just that, aside from just the art, I've also learned so much about social media. I had no idea the importance of it. Um, I I really didn't, you know, of course I had my own personal page and I had a Facebook page or whatnot, but, um, no, actually I didn't, I didn't even have a Facebook page until this. I've learned so much. And I've, I've also learned not to take it even though it's very serious and it's the biggest part, I used to really stress out about the number of likes mm-hmm. or I don't stress over that as yep. much anymore. So, yeah, I think if if you look at, like, my very first post to now – and I've, I sometimes I think about deleting those because mm. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody paid me for that. <laughs> 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 but I've learned so much since then. Absolutely. So I am proud of myself. I'm proud of, you know, my journey.
0: Yeah. Oh, certainly. I feel the same way. I've got videos that I've made that – Are not great, and not that long ago. Yeah, but but hopefully, when people look at it, they see this trajectory of like, wow, look at that improvement. That's really good. But plus,
1: I think we are our own worst critics. I mean, the average person probably doesn't stare at the picture or zoom in. You know, (laughs) in my case, as far as the balloons, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I cannot post that. You know, and then I post it, and it does great, and people love Mm -hmm. it. And I'm just, you know, I'm the one criticizing my own work. So, yeah.
0: But you're getting into it. So, you, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you really have, I mean, taken it seriously and...
1: Yeah. I've taken the business side of mm-hmm. it 100% serious. I mean, I would wake up at 5 in the morning um, to see if I got one email, you know, and answer my email or I'd stay up late um, practicing Um you know, people don't believe this. So before I knew how social media worked, I actually was driving around business to business, handing my card, mm-hmm. hand- handshaking with, yeah. you know, people just real old school because I thought I- I've got to get out there. So every single day I was trying to meet people. I was sliding into DMS, yeah. you know, whatever I had to do, um, to where now I luckily, um, the business is now coming to Mm -hmm. me versus having to be out there and hustle. So that's how come I feel now that I can kind of relax a little bit. Um, but even then, I mean, once I start seeing that, it's like maybe starting to slow down, I'm like back on my toes, you know?
0: And did you get business from, you know, the door knocking and business cards?
1: I actually did not. (laughs) It was so wild and and it was discouraging too. Um, until I discovered that it's all about social media. Mm Mm-hmm you
0: know. Well, and again, I think, you know, having a track record and having a a gallery to show people and say, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. This is it.
1: Yeah. So I definitely see my page as like my profile, my, my resume, like this is, you know, what I can show you. This is what I can offer you. Um, and you know, there's times where people are like, well, I can get it for cheaper. And, um, so I tried to tell them like, okay, compare the photo, you know, sure. I know that sounds rude, but yeah. they can see, they can see.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you, how do you feel about social media otherwise? Like I, I get it. Whenever I was at my job before I got into real estate, I was working corporate, uh, I, I basically got off for eight months, was mm-hmm. just done. I think that at that time, you know, I had a son and people liked seeing pictures of my son, mm-hmm. but I felt like I was like, well then come see him, (laughs) like come visit him. Yeah. I mean, prior to COVID and all of that, uh, I just was like, why am I doing this? And also I was spending three hours, you know, in the car commuting back to and to and from work every day, sitting at a desk, I'd go to the gym at lunch, and then I'd get back in my car, go home. And, and I just felt like there was like nothing to point a camera at that any, that I wanted to share. Uh I was like, here's my lunch or here's another gym selfie. And so I had gotten off of it and it was, Three months before I left and started real estate, I was like, oh, no. Like, I've got to be on it. Yeah. Like, I have to be here. This yeah. is – like, people need to – and so I got back into it. And now, it's kind of my whole life.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> same thing for me. I mean, Instagram is like my whole life as far as the business mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. But there's there, – I mean, burnout is a real thing. And I actually just this weekend, I kind of took a break from mm-hmm. being on it because – there's social media and then there's like your reality, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to separate the two. You, you you try to be as genuine and organic as you can be on social media, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but I'm really more goofy or I'm really more, you know, this other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's times where I feel like... Um, I can't, I'm not a hundred percent myself because I have to be like real business like mm-hmm. or more business.
0: Well, and you're a luxury limited. brand too. Yeah. So, so that's so a different thing is you're in going into these super posh yeah. spaces and all yes. of that. Yeah. And so,
1: and so, and, and even though I can be very that way, I'm also very chill and, um, silly you know all those things and sometimes i feel like i can't be that way Mm -hmm. but it's aside from that it is a lot of work to create content because you're not just taking pictures you're editing photos uh, i'm on apps you know creating stories and that sort of thing and people don't realize how much time that takes. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I have to stay up late after everybody goes to bed or I wake up, you know, a couple hours before my daughter is up so that I can create all those things. And so it, it is very time consuming and it is another job. I mean, I honestly, it's probably the part that I dislike the most.
0: Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. I mean, I had a podcast before this, um, that I don't think can be found anywhere, but, I, <laughs> I had one back in again 2014, so it was a while ago. And this is where I kind of started learning how to do this. So I had a good understanding for what went into recording and editing, um, but I didn't really do much along social media mm-hmm. at all. And this time around, that's what I've really had to find. And even with this show, of yeah, you know, I want to honor you as guests, and I, mean, I want to grow the show as well. And right. to your point, you just kind of have to be out there. And mm-hmm. this is a long format show. I mean, these are. Can be some long interviews sometimes, mm-hmm. and if you're not from Houston or you're especially if you're not an entrepreneur or don't want to be an entrepreneur, you don't care. Mm-hmm. But I, what I think is like a lot of people aren't just going to stumble across this show and be like, "Oh, that looks like yes, that's what I mm-hmm. want to do." So the social media stuff is the only way for people to really yeah, you find have to out. make or it word attractive. of mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I throw I have to make reels and throw those out mm-hmm. there, um, and because I I want I I love these conversations. That's mm-hmm. why I do it. To your point. Yeah, I'd love for this to be profitable and continue to open doors for me. But ultimately, I do this because, and I say this at the top of every show, because selfishly, I want to have these conversations. Yeah. Do this for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, as as a way of honoring you as a guest and, and all of my other guests, I want to people to hear your story and support your business. And that's why we say at the end of episode, we'll like, we'll push people your way because you gave me your time. And I want to, if we can't give you just a little bit of attention mm-hmm. in return for that, like that's what I want to do. But it is, it's so much more work. It and, is.
1: And, but you know, the beauty of it is my social media now. And I mentioned this earlier, you know, you have your audience and then you have your clients. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do have, I don't want to necessarily say audience. Um, but these are my day to day, supporters, Mm -hmm. even if they're not going to buy from me or they've never bought from me. There's people who have been following me. Uh, Actually, there's people who have been following me since I did have my uh, foodie page, um, where I had like 300 followers and then they transitioned over to this. Mm So I do a lot of it for them because, um, you know, they want to know what's up. So, Mm -hmm. and and I like that connection and without them, my page wouldn't be what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to keep them in mind like you said you know it's yeah. not just about you
0: mm-hmm. absolutely well and you talk about the connection and that those those supporters mm-hmm. like that's really valid um they're absolutely people who believe in you and support you even if they don't necessarily buy from you
1: yeah
0: I mean, i'm 98% confident. My wife does not listen to this show. <laughs> I get it. Big time. Yeah, She's yeah. not particularly interested in entrepreneurship, but she supports me.
1: Yeah, exactly. She
0: supports me like crazy yeah. and allows me to spend a lot of my time doing this. And uh, that's a big deal. And when you talk about the online connections, I'm a, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that like online friendships are still friendships. Yeah. Like I have sure. friends that mm-hmm. I've never met in person, but I talk to more than a lot of family members. Yeah, because like we share a lot of interests, and I'm just for them.
1: Right. Um, yeah. It's the same thing with me. I mean, I have other balloon artists that I talk to on a day to day basis. We ask each other questions. We help each other out. Some are out out of state. Yeah. Um, some of them have even even just this morning considered. Um, flying here to take my class and that just blows my mind. And it's like, yes, let's grab lunch, you know, let's do yeah. it, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it is real friendships, I think. That's exciting. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a good, uh, a good jumping off point to the next question, which is the ballooning industry. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of competitors? Is it a cutthroat industry? It's
1: not a cutthroat industry. Yeah. I would have to say that the people that are around me have all been extremely supportive i've collaborated with other balloon artists um i think that we all offer something a little bit different um sometimes it really just comes down to who the client likes Mm -hmm. you know um they're going to do their shopping um and it may look similar to the average person we as um the ones that are in it we all kind of know whose work is what um but no, I would not say that it's cutthroat. I think that I've been lucky enough to make friendships with other balloon artists, um, and we've had each other's back. You know, if I'm too busy, I send business their way, or vice versa. Um, some people are on the other side of town, and they'll call me if they have somebody here in my area, um, or if one of us needs a particular color. You know, so yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I would say. To me, it seems like there's a lot of us out there, but what would you say? Do you think that you, – do you know a lot of the I don't know exactly. a lot of – I think you're the yeah. – yeah, you're the one. So I think that that's the thing that to me I feel like I know so many, but it's probably because I just – Follow all of them, you know, whereas my clients don't. They only follow me. So um, I'm not going to say that it's a huge community. I actually think it's more of a tight knit community.
0: Was it intimidating to get into it? Was there like, was there any kind of gatekeeping that you felt like you had to like prove like, no, I'm a real balloon stylist. It
1: was intimidating in the sense of comparing your work Mm. to the OGs, you know, Um, there's a lot of people that have been doing it longer than I have. Um, and not even just in my area, people that I follow and that I look Mm -hmm. up to people that inspire me, um, revelry goods has been doing it for a long time and they are amazing. They're so artsy. Um, that balloon girl, you know, she's been doing it for a long time and, uh, you're looking at me like, I don't
0: know who that is. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to go look them up. They've
1: been around for a long time. And so, yeah. So in the beginning I would compare myself or my work to them. And I'm like, when am I going to get as good as they are? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but it's not until you kind of stop doing that and you just, um, if you have a creative mind, it's just going to flow. So it wasn't until I stopped doing that, comparing my work to others that I felt more confident about what I was doing. Yeah. Because it was mine, and there was no wrong. It was, That's just how I do it, you yeah. know?
0: And people are paying you for it. Yeah,
1: so I <laughs> so must be doing something right.
0: It's something right. Yeah. This summer, you know, your assistant may or may not come back.
1: I know. She was great.
0: We hope that she does. Yes. <laughs> uh, is there, I mean, when you look towards the future, is it just, let's keep doing this the way we are? Or do you want to, is this a, a balloon empire that you're creating? or uh,
1: You know, I... I don't have the answer to that. Mm -hmm. I thought about it ahead of time. I thought, you know, what if he asked (laughs) me this? Because people ask me that. And six months ago, um, I got the same question. And people would say, you know, what about doing a class? And I thought, no, you know, I'm not a teacher at heart. Mm -hmm. I I really don't have that sort of patience with adults, you know. Um, And then, boom, I, I... Did a class. I had that opportunity come up. So I think it just depends on where it takes me. I'm not necessarily um, looking to have this huge empire. I'm enjoying it. And I think sometimes there was a point where I was wrapping my brain around that. Like, where am I going with this? And then I just said, you know, what, just enjoy your craft i enjoy i truly truly enjoy it so um if the opportunities come to me and i feel like it's a smart business decision then absolutely i'm going to take them but i'm not stressed over it Mm -hmm. yeah i i feel really accomplished already in life and i know that i'm I'm only going to be 40 years old and some people will say well you have so much more um and i do but i i love my life already
0: yeah yeah, that's a that's a great perspective. <laughs> so, it's a wonderful perspective. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people expect me to say, "Oh, well, you know, I love to have all of this and a hundred employees," but um, I don't know.
0: <clears throat> I knew with real estate really early on. I mean, I, when I started, I was with Keller Williams and. They really wanted everybody to become a mega agent, which is exactly mm-hmm. that, which is an agent who owns a you know, real estate business that has 80, 200 agents working underneath them. And you're making millions of dollars just from like cuts. You know, you're know, mm-hmm. you not even like, and you're controlling the brand and all that. And I just looked at that and I was like, I don't want to do that at all, like ever. <laughs> I don't know that I want another agent underneath me. Uh, as you mentioned with the finance stuff, real estate the stakes are high, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, like making mistakes there. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, again, if I drop a, if the podcast doesn't work, like, okay, that's fine. But you know, making a $5,000 real estate mistake, that's kind of awful. And I just knew I never wanted to do that. And I love being an individual agent. I'm not saying that I wouldn't partner with other agents in the future or that I wouldn't hire other people. I have definitely leveraged out paperwork and things like that. So mm-hmm. I've already kind of built some of that structure, but the idea of being responsible
1: right. for
0: that many people, like, that doesn't sound fun at all. That sounds really limiting.
1: <laughs> yes. And I think it goes back to entrepreneurship is a lifestyle, mm. especially when you've already felt that pressure, um, you know, in the real estate and for me in finance, I've already been there, done that. And so now that I feel and I realize, and I know what this is like, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I kind of like my life. This way versus all the pressure on me. Um, It's just a happier me.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, in the episode that we'll release before this one. um, uh, Jesse Stowers' Happy Earth Compost, he made the the reference that, you know, it wasn't until he went to go get his MBA Mm -hmm. that he really started thinking about he said not the meaning of life, but kind of the meaning of life and the meaning of work and what he Mm -hmm. was doing and his why. And it was through that reflection that he started making choices about, Oh, well, what do I want my life to look like? And start Doing that. And I've said this, that, um, both being a parent and all that that requires of you, which is not unlike having a small business, which is, (laughs) it requires long hours and it's a lot of dirty work and there's frustration. And there's also really great joy. Um, but that the the requirements that that's put on me or the way that that's stretched me has made me a happier and healthier person.
1: Right. Right. Yes.
0: It's 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 demanded that I step up and let mm-hmm. go of maybe some unhealthy practices mm-hmm. or just less than ideal things. Mm-hmm. And start embracing more and more things of like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like I need to drink water. Why? Because it's a long day. Yeah. And if I'm dehydrated, yes, I won't be as attentive to you. I won't be yes. able to, you know, do my work later. So like I drink that water. That is a
1: hard truth. You know, when I was working um, in the car business, you a lot of people thought, oh my gosh, she's making all this money, blah, blah, blah. But I was the most unhealthy mm. mentally and even physically that I had ever been. Um, and one thing I did learn too, and I live by this is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So I just, I switched my mentality and it all goes back to, I'm not necessarily chasing a dollar. I'm chasing my lifestyle, a happy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more free spirited than I used to be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember there's this, um, I forget where I saw it. It was in the last couple of years, but it was a psychological study that somebody somewhere did that proved that uh, above seventy thousand or seventy five thousand dollars a year annual income that your happiness will not increase at all so <laughs>
1: yeah you, think if you it make would. <laughs> yeah
0: if you make seventy five thousand dollars or you make a million dollars statistically <laughs> speaking, you will be equally happy or unhappy like yeah. you 're not going to get happier by making more money. Right. There is a threshold under that where if you go from 30,000 to 75,000, you actually will be happier because you know you're not worrying where your next meal is going to yeah. come from or your basic needs are met. And I think that's what it gets at is like once you get to a place where your basic needs are met, mm-hmm. your happiness is really up to you. Right. Which I think is like like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but the idea that like yes, some money makes a difference. Like for those of us who've been like legitimately poor in our lives, (laughs) like no,
1: you understand.
0: Yeah, when you're really poor and you're really hungry, a little money would actually help. But after a certain point, you go like, actually, I'm good. Yeah. Like more money would allow me to do X, Y, Z, which would be fun. But I I think I'm I'm like you. You know, we would love to have more money, and yeah, we have things we would do with it. Yeah, like we have sure. <laughs> ideas of how we would spend and I it, think but... those,
1: it. I think your life experiences mm-hmm. is what teaches you that. Yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't think that way. Um, I'd probably still be trying to find, you know, a, a get rich quick plan mm-hmm. if it wasn't for those 15 years that I spend making all that money and realizing this is not where my happiness, happiness is at,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, you got to go through it and you got to yeah, make those mistakes. Sure. and. Yeah, I think I, I I give former Rusty, like old Rusty, a, a lot of hell. <laughs> it's unnecessarily because like you know what you know at the time and yeah. you just kind of have yeah, to do the best true. you can. And yeah,
1: I, mean, I was in my 20s. So what did I know?
0: Yeah, you were just doing the best you could yeah. is say, hey, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what success looked like at mm-hmm. that time and it led you to where you are. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Let's talk about parenthood and I think – you and I've already related a, a lot about uh, parenthood. You mentioned that sometimes like, obviously you're working here and mm-hmm. your daughter's here. She's not at school. And then you're going on deliveries and she's mm-hmm. going to come with you yes. and she's hanging out. I read a story where you were talking about how like you're up on a ladder and then your daughter spills chips. Yes. Like,
1: <laughs> And I actually, that was like um, a 20 foot ladder. It was the first time I used that particular ladder. And then the ladder also fell. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a terrible, um, <laughs> terrible, terrible experience. Yeah. It's been really hard because, you know, when I started COVID hit and so I didn't feel comfortable just dropping her off, you know, things were still really uncertain, you know, should we be hanging out with our family? Should we not, you know, where can I take her? Um, we've never really been a hundred percent comfortable with putting her in daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was bringing her with me and it was, so hard and she's a good kid, but she's still a kid. Nonetheless, yeah. it's, especially when I started, I think she had just turned three. So, um, and then here, um, she's just needy, you yeah. know, she, again, she's not like she's bad, but it's like, gotta stop what I'm doing mm-hmm. because she needs me to change the channel or whatever it is, water, or I spilled my water, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so it's challenging and it's frustrating, but that's just how I, I chose to do it, you know, um, and I probably wouldn't change it. It's hard as it is. And and that was probably why I loved having an assistant because it allowed me to spend more time mm. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I never wanted, uh, I, I guess I could have just said, well, let's just put her in daycare or, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. I, um, wanted her to see me working. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a day before I started this business that she once said, well, mommies don't work. And I said, wait, what? Hold up. Yeah, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to, I had to like snap and say, okay, I've got to teach her this side too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here for you, but, uh, mommies absolutely work. Yeah. So, um, there's that, you know, there's, um the, the role model that I get to be for her as Mm -hmm. well. Um, but it's definitely been very, very challenging.
0: Yeah, it it is. You know, we put our boys both in school as early as we could. Yeah. Um, my sister-in-law watched our oldest for a year and then right after that he went into preschool and then our second son, he went in at three months. Like, like, here you go, take Mm him. Um, but that's not a catch all like it is because, because sometimes he'll have sniffles or he'll be oh, teething sure. yeah. and he has a small fever and they're like, he can't be here. Which yeah. Like I get it. Yeah. But it's all of a sudden like, and as the entrepreneur and real estate agent and all this stuff, I have a flexible schedule. My wife leaves the house at like six 30 in the morning and, and it's like not available yeah. until four. Like yeah. It's just unavailable. And so I've been the one, I've spent far more time with our boys than she has. I can say that she doesn't listen to the show and <laughs> turn changed way more dirty diapers. But uh it also means that if somebody has to stay home they're with me it's you, yeah. and if i've got showings it's like mm-hmm. all right kid get in the car yeah <laughs> like we're going and i do there's a part of it though that i love getting to take them um within the last two weeks for various reasons either their school was closed today or one of them had to stay home for various reasons. and um the oldest went on uh has, did some like I did some video work and he like tagged along. Yeah. It was like hanging out with the client while yeah. I was like shooting yeah. b roll video. And then a couple weeks before that, a closing and my youngest, three years old, went to like we went to final walkthrough and mm-hmm. we sat in the title company and he just like hung out and watched his yeah. iPad. And uh, yeah, I you know I love that. When I growing up, uh, even though my parents were divorced in very different places, I got to see them both at work mm-hmm. a lot. My mom leased apartments. And, uh, I would love being in the office with her and watch her kind of do her thing. And then my dad did like custom flooring installation and just mm-hmm. getting them to watch him yeah. kind of that So now you're doing thing. the
1: same thing with your kids. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, when I went back to work, um, after my maternity leave, I mm-hmm. w- would joke and say, coming to work is a break yeah. because <laughs> she is a handful, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I, I, that's what I used to tell my husband and same thing. You know, I would be the one who, if she was not feeling well mm-hmm. or for whatever reason, she would stay at my mom's house. If my mother couldn't keep her mm-hmm. or my mother-in-law, then I would just have to stay home with her. Um, and then that's just kind of when I decided that I just wasn't going to yeah. go back to work. But, um, you know, that's, um, that's a huge decision on its own, you know, oh, going so. from one income from two incomes to one income is oh. an extremely difficult decision. Um, but yeah, so, and and there were times where I felt like, is this even professional bringing mm-hmm. her to work with oh, me? Yeah. You know, luckily it's a pretty relaxed job, um, but nonetheless, you know, you don't want your child inside somebody's oh, house and then spilling things or yeah. whatnot. Uh, but because it was during COVID, most of my jobs, I want to say 90% of them were outdoors. Oh, nice. So she didn't have to come inside, but You know, still it was, it was hard. It was difficult.
0: But the legacy I think is a big piece. I I get it. I wholeheartedly. I mean, obviously my boys are home the whole summer and then my wife, because she's in education, she's home the whole summer. Mm -hmm. And at one before COVID I had my own office outside of the house. And then because of COVID (laughs) they were like closing it down. I was like, well, I just took one of the bedrooms and was like kicked one son out. Like I'll share a room now. I need an office. And, uh, But it's hard. Yeah, but it
1: proves the hustle. It proves that, listen, if I have to show up with my kid, then I'm just going to have to do it that way. And it's just going to, it is what it is. And I'm going to be exhausted at the end of the day. But,
0: yeah, and you I've never gotten going. any pushback. Like, I mean, not to say that I, I feel the tension. Yeah, I feel you it.
1: feel like, it because you're thinking like, oh, my God, please don't break anything or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, certainly.
0: Isn't this title company on, you know, the 32nd floor yeah. of this beautiful building in H- downtown Houston? And it's like <laughs> zen everything. Yeah. And then I've got my three-year-old screaming blippy. <laughs> Um Well, thank you so much for sharing. I, is there any advice that you would like to, to pass along to people who want to get into ballooning?
1: Um, you know, I would ha- the first thing that I, in my class, um, been, it's been a few weeks now when I, I don't know if it's a piece of, I guess it's advice. I want to say, don't take yourself so serious, even though it's a business and you have to take it serious, but it's, Art, don't do it just because it's like, oh my God, that looks so pretty. Let me see if I can do it. You have to really be passionate about it, you know, sorry. Um, uh, and that's what I have to keep telling myself. This is art, you know, create something beautiful. Just let it flow. You know, you have to learn your techniques, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have taken YouTube courses or yes, the mm-hmm. YouTube courses. I mean, you know, YouTube yeah. things all the time. Sure. Um, and I've paid for a few classes, whether it's been social media class or um a technique that i wanted to learn Mm -hmm. Um, don't stop doing that you know absolutely master your craft more more than anything um but enjoy it truly enjoy it or else it's just gonna you're gonna be burned out Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah that's what i would have to say was um the number one thing at least for me and that's what i would advise to others is um you gotta love what you do. And I know it sounds so cliche, but, um, it's, I feel like it's the only way you can continue because it's going to be so hard. And if you don't love it, you're not going to feel the ambition to get up in the morning, the next day to give it another 110%. Yeah. to stay up
0: till one, 2 AM and get up at four or five and Mm -hmm. keep going. I I think that's great advice. And if I were going to tack anything on, which I think that You've really implied through some of this conversation is if you get into something and you try it and you don't love it, don't do it.
1: yeah, right? it's not like, going to work, and that's okay, like just yeah.
0: be okay with trying things mm-hmm. that don't become your forever mm-hmm. thing. I think that that was my issue is I was so concerned of how people would look at me if I said, "Oh, I'm doing this," and then we go, never mind, yeah. do this and never mind. yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe people were judging me and maybe thought that I was impulsive, which admittedly, I can be a little (laughs) impulsive. But hopefully now, that's a legacy of like, oh, wow, no, like Rusty does a lot and he works hard to find things.
1: Right. And you didn't give up. You kept trying.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really great. Well – balloon lux some just amazing pieces of art for events and celebrations um thank you laura for for having me no
1: i appreciate you even showing interest really in our business and our craft and our story i say ours because it's a family
0: thing for sure yeah Yeah. it's awesome well thank you so much congratulations on so much success in such a short period of time i wholeheartedly believe that you've got great things in store for you and we'll uh, push people your way (laughs) thank you A huge thank you to Laura and to you for listening to this episode of Houston Made. It really was a delight to get to sit down with Laura and hear more about how she's built this business and found success in such a short amount of time. If you are interested in elevating your next celebration, event, or party with an epic balloon arrangement, Visit Laura's website, balloonluxevents.com. That's balloonluxeevents.com. In the meantime, go follow her on Instagram at balloonluxevents. She has some truly beautiful pieces on her page and is constantly posting new works of balloon art and magic. Go check her out. You won't be disappointed. If this is your first time listening to Houston Made, I'd absolutely recommend that you go check out some of our other episodes with guests from all kinds of industries, ranging from cocktail mix makers to eco homes, tattoo artists to authors. If you're interested in connecting further, you can find me on Instagram at rustyjgates or the show at Houston Made Podcast. I really do love hearing about your projects and all the things that you are working to get off the ground. Houston Made is hosted by me, Rusty Gates, produced and edited in collaboration with Luke Bronner. Our artwork was designed by Stephanie Leal and Sarah Alwegfi in collaboration with Mac Ryan Creative. Credit for our theme music goes to Old Friends, New Friends, which, by the way, you should go to YouTube, search Old Friends, New Friends, and look for the kitchen sessions. Houston Made is glad to be a part of the Milieu Media neighborhood of podcasts and storytellers. We are people who care deeply about human connection. And in our neighborhood, we find that connection by hearing and appreciating one another's stories and by sharing our own. To find more shows made by amazing storytellers from all kinds of backgrounds, visit milieumedia.com.